0: Hello and welcome my partners in crime, welcome back to Murder Analyze and thank you for joining me again today. Now today's case is another solved true crime and it's a um, UK crime, it's um, from Hertfordshire actually again and um, it was in 2015. So this crime is about, um, there's some disturbing stuff in this, this is about murder of course Uh, of a young young girl but we will discuss about online dating right so this case is what I've called you know uh, plenty of fish murder really because it's about this dating app but it's about other dating apps as well and what can go wrong when you go on these dating apps and you think that you believe what these people are telling you is true and now that goes for both men and women are at risk we've had the grinder killer and everything else Stephen Paul that does attack or did attack men at that point now there's plenty of people like this out online and searching and you will see by the statistics as we go through this case on what can happen to you on these by using these dating apps and not taking some you know yourself your own personal safety really you know it's your responsibility you can't rely on anybody else this girl could have give the name of this man she could have give where she was going, who she was going out with, his registration plate. In this case, it wouldn't have made any difference at all. This man, this terrible killer, really, was already speaking to 20 other women on this, you know, um, this fish site, shall we say, this app, this dating app. 20 other women, she was the one that was going out that night. Any of them 20 other women, could have been a victim here in this case any one of them and if he hadn't have been caught when he was many more people would have died so listen this is the plenty of fish uh, murder case and this is a very sad case of uh, Katie Locke 23 year old teacher from Essex so Katie met on this dating app uh, this man called Carl um, Langdale now as i've said it was that dating app it could have been any dating app but it was this dating app she was on now she went out with him um into a west london pub or an east london pub i think it was first they went out for drinks and stuff like that he had told her and his profile on these sites were that he was a lawyer that he owns his own law firm and um i don't know if that gave her some sense of false security thinking that this man was not going to harm her because of what he did for a living or what he said he did for a living um, it, it, it shouldn't be right. anybody in any profession in any walk of life can be a murderer a killer they can be or they can be a rapist or they can be lots of different things just because what they do for a living shouldn't give you any false sense of security. You're taking these people on face value what they're putting online, this persona, this made up persona, and it was made up, because actually for the last few years he'd been in and out of um, you know, and detained actually under the Mental Health Act because of his mental health was so bad. So it's really important that this case you take nothing else from it. it's a warning to really make sure that when you go on these sites you know what you're doing, probably don't meet up, probably don't go off from a public place to then a hotel and she probably thought to tell you the truth as he's asked to come back to his hotel in Chesson in Hertfordshire that she'd be safe because it was a hotel and everything can you know, people were around Again, the minute you go into a hotel room and that door closes, you are not safe because that could be anywhere and that's exactly what happened to Katie in this case. Anyway that's the overview, let's now get on with this case. Now before I go into this case, I'd like to remind you all if you really were to subscribe if you would like, um, to hit the notification bell, to hit the like button leave comments it's really great if you do that we love that I'd like to just say um, hello to all my Met Partners in Crime, my members and everyone else who subscribes to this channel from all over the world it's really lovely to see you here today. As I've said about this case we had this man now this uh, Carl who had already threatened really and told people under mental health so there was a record about what he said so I think there's failings in this case from mental health, from the court process um, that really should have protected people uh, or young girls from this man. But in the end with this case, when you really read into this case, there even if these orders were put in place and stuff, unless she's going to lock this man up for the rest of his life, and that just wouldn't have happened. Someone was always going to die at the hands of Carl. Someone was. Because he... I think his mental health was so bad that he just didn't care an, an order or a prevention order would not have stopped him in this case but of course Casey and the other 20 women that were talking to him online you know <laughs> typing away on the phones didn't know that because no one is going to tell you that about themselves are they online. They always uses fake profiles. No one is going to see someone and go to a hotel room when they told you that they've been sectioned for the last two years. They've also threatened and told nurses that their fantasies are, their deep fantasies are to kill and rape women. If he told you the truth you wouldn't go near him. No one would. So they're going to lie just like he did to draw you in. They're going to make these personas up about being a lawyer, being a doctor, doing this, having money. They're going to give you everything they need to draw you in. And once they've got you, there's no getting away, especially from someone like Carl. There's no way. This girl was dead the minute she met him. He was always going to kill her always whether she had gone back to that hotel room or not it could have been on the walk home everything this man had planned this he wanted to assault this girl to really attack this girl terrible terrible attack on this girl and then to sexually assault her and he didn't sexually assault her when she was alive he sexually assaulted her after he would killed her it was a prolonged attack This girl must have been really, the fear in this girl, she knew what was going to happen to her, it's really shocking. So it was December 23rd, right, so we were just coming up, aren't we, to, you know, Christmas, a couple of days off of Christmas. And Katie was talking to this man and they decided to go out and it wasn't in an East London pub that they decided to meet on the 23rd of December 2015 he seemed to come across all right he's like as I said before this mask of sanity you know to to us as the outside world or when they want to have this you know sanity um, look about them and feel about them and they are um, you know the life and soul of the party they can relax you make you feel relaxed he probably believed in his own mind that he was a lawyer and that he had run his own business because he would have come across so believable so when he said to her, Can you, do you want to come back to Cheston? You know, I'm staying in a hotel in Chesson. She probably thought he's a lawyer, right? He's um, got his own business. He's staying at a hotel. Um, I'm going to be safe. Now, we don't know the reason why he was going back to the hotel. And that's not really the point, is it? This girl was a 23-year-old teacher. She was a sensible girl. He was a psychopath, that she didn't know what she had met that night. So she felt even just going back to the hotel for a drink or maybe they wanted to do something else, that would have been their choice, right, their choice. But what Katie Locke wasn't expecting to go back to that hotel was to be murdered in such a way. She wasn't. They're young. She was a young girl. That's what young girls do. And this is why these cases are so important to get out there to these young girls and young lads that think it's all right to do that it's safe to do that it's not safe at all because one out of ten two out of ten three out of ten people maybe just like him could be even more. So they went back to this Theodore hotel in Chesterton in Hertfordshire um, and they were probably all happy and she would have been happy because I think any signs well we don't know because Kate is dead and can't tell us but she may have along the way had feelings, maybe I shouldn't, there might have been signs, but I doubt it. I doubt it with this man. I think he was very good at hiding his true self, you know, under this mask. And it wasn't until I got in that hotel room, really, that this mask came off and the assault started the minute that door was shut. It was just shocking. And then on Christmas Eve, um, here, her body was found in the grounds of this hotel in Chesson. It's a devastating case for her family, it's a devastating you know it's Christmas Eve one day before Christmas this beautiful intelligent girl really you know 23 year old her whole life in front of her has just been um, taken like that it's just really bad it's really bad this case. So we have now this man going around and of course they would have gone through her phone they would have they'd gone through everything of this girl's to find out what's happened to her because now she's missing the body's been found now our family knows she's been murdered it's quite obvious that this girl has been terribly um you know beaten and um and, uh, and abused should I say and um Cole um, Langdale you know killed her really and then just went off and probably was about to move on to the next one to tell you the truth because that was a sort of his way of doing things so he sexually assaulted her and sexually assaulted the corpse right he um, you know really it was her first date with him just first date and as I said it could have been any one of these other 20 women that could have been attacked by this man and murdered by this man on that night it was just unlucky that she chose that night to go out with him really because he got caught quite quickly after that I think Harpshire Coroner said really that um, he had told the community staff or a nurse about his fantasies about killing people and killing women and attacking women, he wanted to rape and and kill women Um, and that was reported as well. There's lots of things reported about this man before he'd done these murders. As I said, there was failing in the system, wasn't there? And it's, it's sad, really, because I, I, don't, I don't believe that it may have saved Katie, right? It may have saved her if he'd been kept in a bit longer or, or you know, under um, section longer and managed in the community which he was. But I don't believe it would have saved anybody else from him because this man was always going to be doing this. As I said, we can't lock him up forever because he hadn't done it yet. There's rules about locking people up under sanctions and, you know, sections. You know, there really is. And you're trying to hold them in there. But really, even he was displaying this sort of behaviour. I don't know why that wasn't extended. I, I don't know. Um, but there was certain failings, really, to tell you the truth here, with mental health. And his management I think they've admitted that but as I said I don't think there's enough failings that it would have stopped him murdering someone else at a later date I really don't so anyway the pathologist has said this was a prolonged attack right it was a violent prolonged forceful attack on her now it had been found out later on that Carl had used this hotel on two previous occasions also that he was also um, dating even though he was talking to about twenty other women, he was actually dating other women and had took them to this hotel. So I don't know what changed on that day. Maybe Katie said no as they got in that room. Maybe he knew that she was only gonna come back for drinks and she was going to then leave. Because maybe Katie at that point thought this isn't right something's not right about him you know there might have been cracks in that mask coming through we don't know but he had took women back there before he had had sexual intercourse with these women before and they had walked out of there so I think with Katie it was about Katie maybe fought back maybe she just said no I don't want to do this I've only come back for a drink and then that's when he really started to attack her. I think that's maybe what's made the difference between this murder and just the other girl that he took, the other girls, or I think it was two or three girls, that he'd taken back to this hotel before and uh, with no issues. This could be the case. Obviously, he doesn't like being said no to in his mind. He knows what he wants to do to you and if you don't do that, then I'm going to kill you. These other girls, I think, would have had quite a bad time with him, even if it was consensual sex, I think um, they were lucky to get away and I think probably when they left that hotel in the morning they probably thought I'm never going to do this again and lucky for them that they didn't go back out of him and uh, because sooner or later they would have died without a doubt. So this community nurse, she knows it's come out now, she was told by Carl, that he wanted, in his fantasies, was to cut a woman's throat, right, kill them. He wanted to to watch and see their naked body before then, when they were dead, he wanted then to have sex with the corpse. That was his fantasy. That was what he was telling mental health staff. This is now what the coroner in Hertfordshire has been told about what he had said previous to the murder of Katie. So his history started back, his criminal history started back about 2009, this is when he came really into the sights of the police and the mental health services in 2009, remember he killed Katie in 2015 so there was an escalation here I think, but in 2013 he had threatened to kill I think the girlfriend or a girlfriend he had and I think that was in um, Avon Somerset way and I think he told the sister that he wanted to kill her, these sort of things. So he was in, you know, he was escalating. His crimes were escalating from 2009 when it was just little bits, where he was just under mental health, just the police had just noticed him to 2013. He's now threatening women, probably because they're gonna leave him. Then he assaulted his brother in 2014 and in 2015, just before he killed Casey. He threatened his girlfriend's sister and a mental health worker at um, Avon and Somerset. Now he was released on bow to Hertfordshire, and there he would have been picked up by the Hertfordshire uh, mental health services. Um, he was placed under a suspension order of mental health services, and um, after threatening to kill himself, so when you're sectioned you either got to be a harm to yourself or harm to others I think it's under section 3 so they can medicate you and do everything else or section 4 but um, he was then sectioned under that section because he was potential harm to himself he would threatened to kill himself no one sort of brought in this back part where he's actually threatened to you know and had these fantasies of committing terrible murders against women he was sectioned because he was you know danger to himself he was going to take his own life and he was released then in September 2015 um, 2015, and he killed Katie in the December so here's a few of the failings right Hertfordshire Police uh, Chief Inspector Stephen O'Keefe now he stated that his bowel um, conditions were not communicated to the force so you can't blame them if they didn't know right you can't blame them again paperwork trial gone missing no one's doing their bloody job right are they someone should have communicated this to them three weeks before the murder of Katie Locke um he received a suspended sentence for threats to kill okay so an inquest heard really that she had met him on this dating site and he'd lied to her, as I said before, and said he was a solicitor and all this. And then this case happens. They get now into this hotel room, and this inquest heard that the cause of death of Katie was this compression around her neck. So he'd strangled her, really. Um, the pathologist, I think it was Charlotte Randall, said that the killing was accompanied by a serious sexual assault. Um, Langsford from Cheston pleaded guilty to these murders, this murder of Katie from um, Buckhurst in, in Essex and it was just quite sad and he received 26 years in prison for that murder and he, that was in 2016 It's St. Albans Crown Court, that's where he went. Now we're going to end this case on him but then we're going to move on to some other things about online dating and stuff because Carl Langsdale, or Langdale, 30 at the time of his death, he died in Wakefield um, Maximum Security Prison, he cut his own throat and he took his own life and um, he was found and then he was—he um, died a little while later after being found but that's what's happened to him. So Katie was murdered in 2015 and really by 2016. Um, this 30 year old killer had already killed himself and took his own life in Wakefield um, maximum security prison how that happens when you have a man right who has already got psychological issues he's a psychopath there's no doubt about it right he's already been sectioned for you know threatening to take his own life we put him in a max max prison here maximum security prison and yet this man has been able to slit his own throat So really, justice has not really been served because he should have spent the rest of his life in prison. But over a year later, he was dead. It's quite shocking, really, isn't it, this case? But before we finish with this case, I want to talk to you a little bit about the statistics now on this online dating and why you should be so careful about what you do. Now, some of the statistics I've got are from from 2017. Um, Yes, you know, listen, people have are more weary now about online dating they are they believe that they can online date and they're quite safe and there's certain people that do that you know you check the registration number of the car that you're going in or who you're going to meet and the profiles and that but you don't never know who is on the other side of that phone or that computer not really you don't know and i think this case highlights that really well that when you have a man like this that is clearly unwell, right? Absolute psychopath and would have ended up being a serial killer in the end if this man was sensible enough to have got away with it, right? Because the failings were there, weren't they? The mental health hadn't really secured him properly. They hadn't passed on um, different, you know, risks, assessments that they're meant to pass on. The police had let him off on a suspended sentence, because they didn't know about his past history, where he should have then been detained longer, gone under more therapy, tried to have more you know, and then been reassessed whether he was at risk to, you know or risk to the public or not there's lots of things that you don't know about these people that are behind the screen it's really important so these figures and these statistics are from two thousand and seventeen it's a very good actual um Uh, um, article that was done about the different cases, you know the different um, apps uh, dating apps and the danger of them and plenty of fish in this one was actually classed as I think it was like 56 percent the highest rate, most dangerous app to use for dating. Now we're not just talking about murders here we're talking about rapes, sexual assaults, we're talking about lots of different things here that come into this and we must remember that a lot of people don't report rapes so these are only the crimes that were reported Some, most people do not report crimes especially if you're going off to a hotel room with someone they're abusing you, they're hurting you, you feel stupid don't you when you come out because you're lucky you've got out really the next day so they don't report these crimes plus people don't think they're going to be believed by police and actually a lot in these statistics when they've spoke to a lot of these women and men that have been abused online dating by online dating apps whether that's harassment or you know assaults and different stuff have said that the police haven't really took much notice of them it's like oh well it's your fault really well it isn't their fault is it it, it can't be their fault you know we are we live in a digital age and as things now progress and you know 2022 now these dating apps are still out there they may have changed they're trying to be as safe as they can but the safety always is going to remain with you you're the only person that you can keep you safe nothing else can keep you safe if you're up against a predator or predators like this really so let's have a look at these statistics so this is an article and this came out and this is this I think it was by The Sun and um, I think it was um, John Seamus um, um, had wrote this and it's you know it's 2017 it's a very good article because there's lots of statistics in it which don't lie okay so plenty of fish was revealed at that point as one of the most dangerous dating apps in Britain one of the most dating apps as well I'm uploading it uh, in Britain. Now that is for um, hundreds of crimes, right? Hundreds of investigations actually of crimes from this site. So it was linked to uh, rapes, stalking, violence, assault, blackmail, child grooming cases and online online dating. It's linked to all of that. So when you're putting all your information in and you're putting your photos up and everything else up on these apps, you are opening yourself up to any of these crimes, any of them really. Now this data was taken and this was the Sun Online investigation and this was into this all these sorts of crimes you know that were um, sort of coming into the police. Now all police, all police are asked for their data because it's public data and to contribute data. These sort of things, fact finding things, where you can then make up and um, you know show people exactly how dangerous these are. Well, most police forces were happy to do that, and I think um, uh, I think I think the Met police didn't. Typical, isn't it? Anyway, so plenty of fish it boasted at that time in 2017 was, I think, free million users worldwide and it was free to use to anyone and I think when you have something that's free to use to anyone this is what attracts people to it they knew what they was doing so out of these 56 crimes and I'll show you all the stuff out of these 56% of these crimes there was also um, attempted murder uh, sexual activity with children, grooming, rape, sexual assault, sending indecent images and blackmail. Reports of stalking, theft, robbery um, were also rife within within this. Tinder accounted for 26% of the crimes and 10% um, at Match.com. Um, other police forces in England, Northern Ireland and Wales, 32 responded to the investigation that they tried to do. Um, and I think that was done between 2011-2017, this collection of this data. It's it's actually really good actually. Um, The Sun Online was across 1,795 crimes ranging from between uh, them dates. Amongst the police forces who did not respond were major city forces such as the Metropolitan Police, the Greater Manchester Police, so figures in fact really probably would be higher Because if you're not putting London in there and Manchester in there, some big cities in there, you know, because you don't want that data to get out there and be mixed in with all this, 56% would be low of reported crimes, even higher if you added the unreported into it. But have a look at them figures and have a look at the different figures that we're going to put out as it's broke down. But it's just, I'm trying to hit home to you that there is no difference between 2017 2022 right there are still perpetrators out there that are willing to do anything to you any of these crimes to you if you allow it now it's very difficult and I'm not saying don't use these apps and I'm not saying don't date online I'm saying be careful what you do be careful don't take chances if you feel that you are not comfortable even in a public place there's now things, you can go to the bar, you can say certain words, you should have safe words that you have when you text someone, right? You should never put yourself in the position until you really know these people Is that you're in a room that you can't get out of, right? There's always should be an exit, more than one usually, to protect yourself. Do not allow people to have your data. Do not allow them to have your photos, your photos of your children. Don't allow them to have that, your private phone numbers, your address, until you're really sure, really sure that you actually know who you're talking to and your potential dating partner is going to be. It's really important if you stick to these certain rules that you will find someone then that you actually like and you can get on with and if it doesn't work out then you move on to another one but I would hate to think that anyone and it still goes on would be potential in in having any of these crimes done to them. A lot of these crimes are life changing, life changing for you and your family members if you survive. So really think about what you're doing with online dating. Anyway, listen, this has been the Katie Locke murder. This has been the Plenty of Fish dating app murder, however you wanna put it. But a young girl, a 23-year-old History teacher, lovely girl from Essex, was murdered twenty third of December twenty fifteen, and her family are grieving to this day. To this day. So please don't let it be you. Just be really careful. That's all I'm asking, and this is really all this case is about, because there's nothing we can do for Katie. She's gone, isn't she? And so now is her perpetrator. But if her case Helps save someone, I think that would be really good. I really do. So thank you for watching. Till the next time. Bye bye.